Once again, we just thank you for the lives of our friend Jack, our friend Kim. Lord, that you had a purpose and a mission for them here on earth. And Lord, both of them were lovers of people. Both of them cared deeply, Lord God, for everyone they came in contact with. And Lord, we can use them as an example for our lives of, of how to live and how to show love and how to be generous and grateful and loving and, and kind and bring your kingdom to bear on a broken and hurting world. So Lord Jesus, this morning, would you help show us how to do that? Would you stir in our hearts? Would you stir up our souls, Lord God, to advance your kingdom, to bring God's love to bear? Lord Jesus, everywhere we walk this week, would you remind us to love one another? We just thank you for that, Lord. Amen. Um, So this morning, we're finishing out. We've been doing a month-long series on... um, on remembering the poor and what is it that God has called us to in regards to our time and our finances, our energy, our consideration of other people. And so this morning we're going to finish out in generosity, kind of talking about generosity and how we can grow in generosity. And um, I just kind of want to give you guys a little bit of a heads up next month. Um, I'm taking the whole month off. Not really. But uh, I we're going to have stories from people that are sitting out here for the next month. And each week we're going to have somebody else that's going to share with you just about how God has impacted their life. And we're going to just cheer them on and encourage them. And I just think, at least for me, it builds up my faith when I hear someone else's testimony of how Jesus was good to them and how Jesus met them and how God has carried them through difficult times as well as good times. It encourages me. Um, And so I'm excited to hear about other people's stories. And plus, then we can give Dusty's stories a break, right? Because, you know, after a while, you know, I'm not the scuba diver that Jimmy John was or the football player that Wayne was. I have different stories. My, most of my stories are nerd related because, you know, we all kind of we all have our own jam, right? Um, but we can give Dusty's stories a break for a little bit and hear some other people's stories. Um, so let's jump into this. Growing in generosity can actually change your life. And we're going to start off in the realm of science. Maybe you guys have all heard that it's more blessed to give than to receive. Most of us have heard that, right? And like you, I just kind of take that on faith. But it's fun to see how psychological and scientific research actually reinforces what Scripture says, which it does all the time. So we're going to kind of jump into that. So this is a Ph.D., doctorate gentleman. He's from uh, UC Berkeley. and He did an entire report, I think it was like two years ago, on the science behind generosity. And he found a few facts. Chronic high blood pressure kills many millions every year. But one study found that generosity actually reduced people's blood pressure as much as medicine and exercise. And it's not just blood pressure. Generosity also lowers our risk of dementia, reduces anxiety and depression, and improves chronic pain management. 
and more. So if anybody is like suffering from any of these symptoms, my suggestion is start being generous. See what that, you know, we talk about natural medicine, right? You can just set aside your essential oils just for a moment. I know, Annette, I love you though. Um, <laughs> but try generosity. <laughs> try some generosity. If you were somehow able to package this, this is what he was saying, into a compound, you'd be a billionaire overnight. But like they found this in a study in a medicine, a study of medicine, that this actually has generosity has physiological effects. Giving our time and money to others gives us an emotional boost. Why? According to the researcher Christian Smith, it's because feeling good is a product of doing good. It's built right into our neurochemistry. It's how God made us. Giving triggers feel-good chemicals like endorphins, dopamine, oxytocin, and it's true across cultural and economic lines. This was a Harvard business study that did this. Anybody think of, know who Scrooge McDuck is? I can't be the only one. Come on, Disney people, where are you? It turns out that being stingy, you know, Scrooge, he's not this mellow guy, right? So being stingy actually raises your stress levels. You can see this all across Hollywood and business. Like, some of the most, like, ornery, anxious, angry people have lots of money. Why? Especially if, like, that's our American dream, right? So why, why is that? Why are they so wound up? After hooking people up to heart monitors, researchers found that when they were giving too little in a transaction, it actually drove up their stress. Being generous, on the other hand, kept their stress down. It's almost like the golden rule actually works. Isn't that crazy? That, like, scripture actually is true, and we can, like, demonstrate it in our world? Crazy stuff. Another study. This adds up to a life, longer life expectancy. One study of 2,000 people that was done in Marin, California, found that volunteering dramatically reduced people's mortality rates. Subjects who volunteered for two or more causes had a 60 3% lower rate of mortality than people who did not volunteer during this study period. That's mind-blowing. You want to live longer? Volunteer. You want to live longer? Take care of other people. You want to live long longer? Give unto others as you would have them give unto you. It's this golden rule thing, guys. It actually works. Some people have a much easier time being giving than receiving. I am one of those. I can tell you stories of where, okay, so I'm going to tell one quick story. We're at Olive Garden. It was, gosh, probably 10 years ago. And it was my family and John and Rebecca Roberts, for those of you who remember them. Jimmy, John, and Donna were there. And Donna and I have this long history of fighting over who gets to pay the bill. And she might be small, but she's fierce. Okay, I mean, I'm like six foot two. At that time, I was like 325 pounds. And she's probably like five foot five and like 100 pounds soaking wet. You know, I mean, just, but she would beat me every time, like both physically and to the punch. And um, so here's what I did. 
It was about three-fourths of the way through the meal, but we had all ordered everything and everybody had their food. So I said, oh, you know, I, I've had too much water. I really need to go to the bathroom. And so I went up and like I made like I was going to the bathroom, and then I went up to the front, and I paid for everybody, and then I grabbed my wife and we left. <laughs> she was so mad. Like, I got this phone call. Like, after about 15 minutes, she's like, I cannot believe you just did that. <laughs> what do you think you're doing? <laughs> like, like, she was just, you know, she's got a little bit higher voice than I do. And she was so mad that I did her wrong that way. Because um, I'm somebody, and she's somebody, who receiving is really hard. I, I can give all that. But, like, having somebody give things to me and me accepting them, it's just really hard on me. Like, like I have to work at receiving, which it shouldn't be that way, right? Because we're, we're actually depriving somebody if we're not allowing them to be giving. Like, if I'm allowed to give, why can't somebody else? Like, this is something I've had to really work on, and I'm still working on it as we speak, standing here now. Let's continue on. This generosity of acceptance, this being pseudo-independent or self-denying, it does, it robs our loved ones of the opportunity to feel that joy of giving. Like, I get joy in giving. Why should I deny that to somebody else, right? So accepting of generosity of others may make you feel uncomfortable if you felt unlovable or unworthy in your early life. Generosity is often an act of love. And though it may seem counterintuitive, many people respond negatively to being loved. And that's true, right? I mean, a lot of us can look at ourselves and say, yeah, I sometimes I respond really negatively to people loving me. Now that we've looked a bit at the science aspect of generosity, more important is what does God have to say about it? But here's what I love about science, is that nine times out of ten, it simply reinforces my faith in God. That's why I started with these observable, demonstrable aspects of generosity. There's this great quote by the scientist Louis Pasteur. You guys may have heard of him before. Every time you buy milk, you may have heard of Louis Pasteur. A bit of science distances one from God, but much science nears one to him. The more I study nature, the more I stand amazed at the work of the Creator. That's why as Christians, as people of faith, we shouldn't fight against science. We shouldn't run from it. We shouldn't say, oh, well, that's, you know, stay in your wheelhouse, stay in your lane, bro. You know, we don't need that, right? God created science. We can find him in it. Listen to my buddy Louie here. Generosity is a virtue that's well known to Christians, or at least it should be, even if it's not always lived out, right? The Bible teaches us that all Throughout life, it's life-giving words to be generous to those in need. So we're going to start off with 2 Corinthians. So 2 Corinthians 9, 6 through 9 says this. Here's my point. This is from the Passion Translation. Here's my point. A stingy sower will reap a meager harvest, but one who sows from a generous spirit will reap an abundant harvest. Let giving flow from your heart, not from a sense of religious duty. Let it spring up freely from the joy of giving. All because God loves hilarious generosity. Yes, God is more than ready to overwhelm you with every form of grace. 
so that you have more than enough of everything in every moment, in every way. He will make you overflow with abundance in every good thing you do. Just as the scriptures say about the one who trusts in him, having faith in him, because he has sown extravagantly and given to the poor. His kindness and generous deeds will never be forgotten. And it's not just money, right? That's what I'm going to talk about here. That's not just money. I talked about volunteering before, right? One kind of non-financial giving that's never going to be in low demand is volunteering. Like, what can I do to help someone? How can I serve someone else? And when I say this, I'm not talking about just here in these four walls. So please understand that. This is not a, hey, everything needs to come here. We don't believe that here. We actually have way more ministries and people being touched going out than we do coming in. And I love that. I love that we're involved in Young Life. I love that we're involved in Yama. I love that we're involved in Casa de Hogar. I love that we're involved in the Union Gospel Mission. I love that, I mean, I could keep going. I know of so many people doing so many things out of this body serving other places than I could list on a Sunday morning. And that's not a joke. Like, I could just stand here and list off 25 off the top of my head. I know of people who are serving other people in other places outside of these four walls. And that's how it should be. The church should be serving the community. We as the body of Christ should be reaching out and bringing God's kingdom to bear on our community and serving others. So I am, I am proud to say that I'm, you don't just have to do that here. However, if you want to serve in kids' church, if you want to help with youth, if you want to help in the coffee bar, ushering, greeting, all these different things that kind of just keep our family going, thank you. A lot of you already serve. Thank you for serving. Thank you for volunteering. Thank you for taking care of others. I saw that so in effect this weekend. You know, we had these two memorial services back to back, and so many of you guys showed up and set up and served and cleaned up and spent all day taking care of other people. And like I said, I'm really proud of how you guys did that. Thank you for serving others. God promises that he rewards us for that. That's not why we do it. That shouldn't be our intention. It's just a reality. Most nonprofits and churches have a small core of paid full-time staff members. But largely we rely on the money and help of volunteers to care for others. Because like one dude or three or four people who are here like as pastors and other you know, stuff, we can't do it all, right? It's just not possible. Volunteering, you helping out, you putting your time, energy, finances, resources to bear to advance God's kingdom, it's a big deal. Here at the Vineyard, your ties go towards maintaining our church facility and helping those in need. Um, I don't, you know, this is not something I talk about very often. I don't take a wage from the Vineyard as lead pastor. I just don't. I don't feel like I'm supposed to. I don't feel like I'm called to. I work at Sela Middle School. My wife works for the for the district. We're okay. So when you guys, when I'm asking you to like give, when I'm asking you to tithe, it's to take care of our facility, to keep the heat on, which thank you, Jesus, for warmth, right? Even if we don't really have cool here in the summers, we at least have warmth in the winter, right? <laughs> uh, you know, the lights stay on, the four walls stay up for the most part. You know, <laughs> it's an old building. Um, but 
so when I'm encouraging you guys to give, it's so that we can take care of our community and take care of other people. Um, we, we took care of, as a church body, we took care of a lot of the costs for one of the funerals this weekend. And so when you're tithing, when you're giving, that's taking care of that kind of stuff. We, we feed people. We give groceries out. We help people with gas from time to time. We've helped people with utility costs and rent before if they're like months behind. And when, so when I'm encouraging you to be generous, when I'm encouraging you to give, when, when I'm saying that it's, it's, a, it's a solid principle of Scripture that you give of your time and your finances and your energy, this isn't for the benefit of Dusty. And I just I want you to know that. Like it's important to me that you know I'm not asking for this out of any kind of a personal thing. This is for the kingdom of God to be advanced. And I feel like that's how it should be, right? We're just a family. And family helps family. And friends don't lie. All right, a few of you. I got a few of you. <laughs> There's a few of you. Okay. Continuing on. <laughs> Notably, many, it was, yeah, well, Evan's hair reminded me of it, and it was just there fresh, and anyway. Um, notably, many of the Bible's passages focus on the importance of having a generous spirit, rather than specifying the specific type of giving, right? An example, Deuteronomy 15.10, Moses encourages the Israelites, give generously to the poor and do so without a grudging heart. Because of this, the Lord your God will bless you in all your work and everything you put your hand to. Give generously, but give what? Money? Food? Clothes? Physical labor? Emotional support? The verse doesn't say. Allowing the form of giving to be determined by whatever the situation happens to demand. When, when Billie Jean and Chris, when you guys all made cards for Jack and wrote him letters of encouragement when he was in the nursing home stuck way out in the lower valley and couldn't get here anymore. When you guys all made those cards and then took them, Chris, Chris and Billie Jean mentioned that she, she and Chris took them to him. You guys, I heard from him after that. He was so blessed. He was so encouraged. You have no idea what it meant to him to just know that like, he had a church family that loved him and cared about him. That's generous. That's generosity. It's not just about money. What does Jesus have to say? Someone in the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. Jesus replied, Man, who appointed me judge or arbiter between you two? Then he said to them, Watch out. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist of an abundance of possessions. And then he told them this parable. The ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest. He thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, this is what I'll do. I'll tear down all my barns and I'll build bigger ones. And there I will store my surplus grain. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take life easy. Eat, drink, be merry. But God said to him, you fool. This very night, your life will be demanded from you. 
then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? This is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves, but is not rich toward God. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, or about your body, or what you will wear, for life is more than food, and the body more than clothes. When you're gone, which all of us will be one day, right? When we're with our Lord and Savior, and we're with our friends and family, What will people say? Will they sit in this room and say, you know what? That Bob, he has a really nice camera. That's what I know of Bob. He had a great camera. Will they say of Ryan, you know Ryan? He had the best Batman shirts ever. Like Nobody else had Batman shirts like Ryan did. Well, they say of Dusty, you know that Dusty? He had more Xbox games than just about anybody I know. And the dude could crush at Fortnite. I mean, he just killed it. Like, people are not going to say those things, right? Who cares? I mean, seriously, who cares? I almost had another word come out. It's not typically said in church. And I had to stop myself because it was in there. Who cares? None of that matters, especially for those of us who follow Jesus, right? Jesus was pretty darn clear. He didn't beat around the bush at this. You know what people will say? Like what I heard this weekend? Kim or Jack, they loved people. When I was having a hard time, when I was having a difficult day, I showed up one Sunday morning. I was sick. I hadn't really slept. I just wasn't feeling well. I had to show up and teach. And I sat over here, and I was talking to my friend Jack. And Jack's like, brother, why don't I just, just let, come over here. Let me pray for you. I remember that about Jack. I don't know what he had. These material things, the stuff, the clothes, none of it matters. Nobody's going to remember that. You know your favorite dress or pair of pants? Nobody's really paying attention. And when you're gone, they won't care. They just won't. It doesn't really matter. It doesn't really matter. I think it was, I want to say it was... I want to say it was Maya Angelou. If I remember correctly, I'm quoting this off the top of my head, but it's something to the effect of people will not remember so much what you say to them, but they will always remember what you've done for them. And when you show someone love, when you show someone care, when, when they're in a hard place, maybe they're dealing with health issues, and you show up, or if they need help moving, like even silly things, right? Like, hey, we're switching houses. Let's get some people together. Oh, look, so-and-so showed up to help me move. Um, or let me pray for you. Or how about if we meet for coffee? Let's talk. Tell me what you're going through. Tell me what you're dealing with. 
Sometimes even something as simple as a hug or looking someone in the eye and saying, you know what, I love you and I care about you and I'm for you. Those are the things that people will remember. Those are the things that why people will show up at your funeral when you're gone. Did you love well? We were all here this weekend because we loved people. We loved our friend Kim and we loved our friend Jack. So we showed up to honor them. Neither one of them had a lot of stuff. (laughs) We didn't show up because they had a lot of stuff. We showed up because they loved well. Right? So as you walk through your life, we're talking about the spirit of generosity, being generous with your time, your resources, your energy, your physicality, your emotions, your concern, your love, being generous with your love. Do you have a generous spirit? So knowing what God says about generosity, as well as potential personal benefits, talking about the health stuff, right? I'd love for you to ask yourself these questions. Do you consider yourself a generous person? I'm going to brag on a friend of mine for a moment, my friend Janie over here. A couple weeks ago, she shows up. She was at a yard sale. Do you remember this? She was at a yard sale, and there was this little uh, Lego mini Yoda alarm clock. And she saw it at a yard sale. And she, she, she messaged me. She's like, Dusty, I got you something. I was like, what? She's like, I'll show you at church. I'm not going to tell you right now. I'm going to show you at church. And so she shows up, and she gives me this little Yoda alarm clock. And, you know, I was talking earlier about how it's hard for me to take stuff sometimes. But I was like, you know what? She saw that, and she thought of me, and she loved me enough to pick that up and bring it to me. That's generosity. That's generosity. I felt loved and I felt cared for and I knew Janie was for me and cared about me. Are you a generous person? What kind of things could you do in the coming days and weeks to develop a habit of generosity? Are there things you could do Are there things you could do to be generous? And like I said, this is not just about money. Yes, churches, charities, nonprofit organizations, we have to have money to function. So I'm not going to pretend like that's not necessary. It is necessary. We have a mortgage to pay. There's lights to keep on. I mean, it's necessary. So that's part of it. I don't think it's healthy for us to just stop at money, though. I don't think money's enough. Money's not the answer. Jesus just talked about that, right? Money's not enough. It's not just about money. So what are some other ways that you could jump in and you can volunteer and you can help? I wanted you to ask yourself this. As I've been talking this morning, as I've been speaking, is the Holy Spirit stirring anything in you? Are you hearing anything from God? Is there 
Is there something that's like, you know what? I want to do something about it. Like, I don't want to just hear some words on a Sunday morning from some guy or hear a piece of scripture that's nice and it's true. But what am I actually going to do about it? So, as you've been here this morning, have you felt a stirring in your heart? Have you felt a stirring in your mind? I want you to have, we're going to have a moment of silence here in a minute. I want you to just have a dialogue with God. Let God speak to you. I am a firm believer that God shows up when we give him space to. I believe that 100%. So I'm going to say a quick prayer. We're going to have a couple minutes of, of quiet. And I want you to just listen to God. Don't talk. Listen. I'm going to ask you not to pray. I know, weird, right? Here you are sitting in a church, and the pastor's saying, don't pray. Don't pray. Listen. Just listen. I'm going to start off praying, and then we're all going to listen. So, Lord Jesus, would you reveal yourself to us this morning? Would you talk to us, God? Would you open up the truth of your scripture and what it is you've shown us? Jesus, may your words echo throughout the thousands of years from when you first spoke them and plant themselves like an arrow in our heart with your truth, God, about being generous, about caring for others, about how it's not just about stuff. So, Lord, in the name of Jesus, I ask that you speak to us. We give you this space. So, Lord, what you've been speaking to us this morning, and Lord, as we were sitting here, uh, Jesus, I could just, Holy Spirit, I could sense your presence with us. And your spirit of peace with us, God. Lord, we thank you for the peace that only you bring. That peace that passes all understanding, that can sit with us 
and rest in us and be with us. God, we thank you that you are near to us and that you care for us, that you love us, God. We thank you for that, Jesus. Amen. Um, this morning I had the opportunity, which I don't get very often because a lot of times I'm doing other stuff, preparing my message or doing sound, different things. Um, I, I had the opportunity this morning to be able to join. Before service, we have a group of folks who pray. And they, like, they pray for worship, they pray for kids' church, they pray for youth, and they pray for whoever's giving the message. And They, they, they intercede. They, they lift all of us up to God and pray for us. So I had the opportunity, which I don't get very often, but I love it when I can, um, to join them this morning. And there's something that came out of that that I felt like I was supposed to share um, in regards to prayer. Um, we felt like God was showing us that there are some folks here this morning who, um, whether it's because of things that have happened in the past or stuff that has been done to you or um, the way people have treated you, um, it could even be um, you know, so far as that you were uh, the victim of some type of abuse, whether it be physical or mental, emotional, sexual. Um, but something happened to you that caused damage to your heart and caused damage to your soul. Um, I'm not calling anybody forward, so let me get that out of the way. Um, but what I felt like we were supposed to do this morning is pray for you. Because um, we just we really felt like that God said that there was some healing here available to you if you've been hurt in some way. Um, and so what I'm going to do, um, sorry, I'm just trying to navigate through listening to what God wants to do here. So um, those of you who are on our prayer team and our ministry team, those of you who um, uh, you just, God talks to you, okay? Um, we're going to just, uh, I'm, I'm going to pray. I would like for you to go and ask people if it's okay if you pray for them. So I'm, I'm pointedly looking at a few of you. If you guys would just pray and ask God to direct you to someone to go and pray for them, Okay. Um, so here's what I'm going to do. Um, those of you who are uh, prayer people, um, keep your eyes open. And I want you to just go see who you're supposed to go pray for. Um, if I could have everyone else, if you'd please just bow your heads and close your eyes. I appreciate it. I know for some of you this might be a little bit unusual. Just roll with me. Um, I feel like God's doing something this morning. Um, so if... Uh, my prayer team, prayer folks, ministry people, if you guys would kind of just go to a couple folks and kind of see who needs prayer, um, I would appreciate that. And then I'm going to pray uh, while you're doing that. So Lord God, uh, we just invite you in our presence this morning. Um, Jesus, you're a healer. And it's not just physical stuff. But you, um, you can also heal... Um, the scars that we have from a broken and sinful world. Jesus, you want to heal all of us, mind, body, soul, spirit. Um, Lord, you want to touch every aspect of, of who we are. 
And you want to redeem that. And you want to restore that. And so, Lord, I just ask right now in the name of Jesus Christ, Lord, would you begin um, that healing work? Would you begin to touch hearts and minds, Lord God? Would you begin to restore us, Jesus? Lord, you said in your word that you came to redeem all things. Lord, you say that that was a promise from you, that you came to redeem all things, and that there is nothing, there is nothing that is beyond the scope and power of your ability to heal. And Jesus, I believe that. I believe that, God. So would you be with us this morning, God? Would you be with us this morning, Jesus? Lord, would you heal? Jesus, we thank you that you want us to be whole and that you want us to be well. And Lord, that you promise that by your stripes, by your wounds, that we get to be healed. And so we claim that promise this morning, Jesus. We claim that promise this morning, God, for our restoration and for our healing, Jesus. We just thank you for that, Lord. Um, we're going to go ahead and close here. And so um, as you're leaving, I just ask um, that you guys would be uh, respectful of, of folks who are getting prayer. Thank you guys all for coming this morning. I really appreciate it. Um, I know this isn't like standard for our Sunday morning. It's just we felt like God was doing something today. And so we're, we're going with that because uh, we try to listen. We try to follow what God's doing. Um, so thank you guys for being here. Bless you all for coming. Um, Steve, would you mind putting on just some light uh, worship hymns? Anyway, uh, you guys can go ahead and go. If you've got kiddos, if you'd mind picking those up from Kids Church, I'd really appreciate it. And just bless you guys today. Thank you.